story. Okay, guys. Yeah, fine, Hannah. Tell, so, tell Hannah, the story. Tell us the fucking story. Tell us, about, tell us about how fucking funny you were, Hannah. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, I know the reason that you listen to this podcast, I mean, let's all be real, is to hear just all the amazing stories about how fucking funny I am. And boy, do I have one for you. So yeah, they sure do. Get everybody buckle in. Everyone strap into your seats because I'm about to bring my twisted brand of comedy back for you. So this morning we were having uh, a lovely breakfast mm-hmm. here at Noel's abode, and mm-hmm. oh boy, did a did a little spirit of mischief enter me, <laughs> and, and, and such an idea did I have. And let me tell you about it. So I I had risen from my chaise lounge where I was enjoying my breakfast. The booth, the breakfast booth, and the I breakfast went, nook. Yes, and I went to. Uh, <laughs> And I, 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 I had a craving for some some cold and clear water with which to wet my palate, and so barely did I walk over to the fountain from which Noel's spring water, the kitchen sink, flow. the sink, and uh, which, by the way, there's a filter on the fridge. And yeah, what, like there's water in the fridge. That's where you should get the water. And from. what did I discover, dear listeners? But a humorous noise was being made. <laughs> Of the faucet handles. And uh, being the scamp that I am, of course, uh, I, I thought, I know what I'll do. I shall give my friends a good laugh. And so, uh, and, and here, is, uh, here is the part where you really need to uh, make sure you're, you're, you're sitting down already because you're about to, you're about to be prone from the laughter which will emanate from your body. I turned the faucet, and as I did so, I looked over at my dear friends in the breakfast nook, and I opened my little mouth, and then I turned the faucet off, and I closed it as if the sound had been emanating from my mouth. So I just would like to, from an outsider's perspective, um, Hannah turned on the faucet. I was like, hey, dude, that's not where you get the water from. Hannah gasped in joy. I said, what? (laughs) And I was sitting on the other side of the breakfast rack completely. I had no idea why Hannah was laughing. I just heard Hannah Hannah, laughing. Hannah begins to, like, just die laughing. Nearly nearly crying. And then turns on the faucet. Very belatedly opens the (laughs) mouth. Closes their mouth because they're laughing so much. And then turns off the faucet. Now, I, I also know. have I have a follow-up to this yeah, as well. Yeah. Just I got better you, at it. I practiced. Before <laughs> your follow-up, I just need to say that I did not catch that the opening the mouth was part of the joke. I didn't oh, understand why it was supposed to be funny, <laughs> which is why I was not laughing downstairs. I'm in a rage. So in addition to all of this, I was out moving my car yeah, and I Juniper, came... Juniper wasn't here yet. Yeah, yeah so I was like, I oh, came, wait for Juniper to come in because they're going to love this. Yeah, I come back in and they're all like, Hannah, do the thing for Juniper. No, 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 no. No, that's, that's not what that happened. That is not what happened. That is the first thing I heard when I, I opened. It, it was not us. It was not us saying do the thing for Juniper. <laughs> it wasn't, no. It was, it was a very sarcastic voice and it was Noelle's. And Noelle said, why don't you show that to Juniper, Hannah? <laughs> yeah, because Hannah, Hannah was... Camped by the sink. Yeah, they were crouched. No, so- wait, crouched like a little gremlin the whole time you were out there, and they were dancing around merrily, saying, "Wait till Juniper gets in. <laughs> I'm gonna do this for Juniper too." Yeah. And, and so then, Cat and-, and I were just like, "Yeah, okay, go ahead." <laughs> And then I fucking come in, and they're like, do it for Juniper. And Hannah is on the floor. Can't even fucking stand up because they are laughing so hard. I'm literally holding my kids in anticipation. That's right. I did tell Hannah to do it because I was like, yeah, "Yeah, Juniper, get ready for this one. Hold on to your tits. Hold on to your tits. And then I fucking did it, and I stood there for like five full minutes while Hannah kept attempting to do the joke, would reach towards the sink, divulge into laughter, and fall to the ground again. Like five times because it was so funny, <laughs> and then they finally did it. But they turned to the sink on and forgot to open their mouth, and then and they did it again. And the, and the no, sink I didn't, didn't fucking make a noise. No, it, it, it did. It did. You just couldn't hear it because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, this joke is funnier in the retelling. And then, and then they tried. And then 
they tried to do it. And they did it for like literally, I think, less than a tenth of a second before knocking into the sink with the force of their laughter, turning it off and falling to the ground with a clatter. <laughs> but then I did it a couple more times. After which yeah. Juniper was like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what the joke was. And at that point, I'll be honest, I didn't either. <laughs> and then and then I think at one point you did do it again very well uh, mm-hmm. while we were yeah. having breakfast. For the fucking first time in 20 first minutes. time in 20 minutes. Well, it t- took a little bit of practice, but I think we can all agree that it was worth it. <laughs> I mean, it was worth it only, if only that we if had intro material. This intro. <laughs> yeah, we had material for this intro. God, you guys are just so fucking lucky. Sweet, like, you got content. to experience that. And I'm just so jealous that, you know. You were the giver of the gift. You're jealous? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I got to enjoy it, sure. But I mean, I can only imagine. <laughs> I don't think anybody enjoyed it more than you. But I can only imagine how wonderful it must have been for you guys. Once again. I didn't understand the joke until you explained it just now. Yeah, um, I was sitting next to Kat. Can confirm she was borderline contemptuous the entire time. <laughs> that was part she of was like, um, hey, Hannah, why don't you just turn it on? Okay, yeah, okay, but that is part of why I was laughing so hard because I think, Noelle, you said, like, I'm going to kill you. And, like, that yeah, is... I heard that at one like, point. I don't know. Like, there's just something... Is there anything that's, like, more pleasurable than, like... <laughs> Than enraging your friends with your terrible jokes and then laughing at your own terrible jokes while your friends stew in silent contempt. It's true. That's absolutely true. true. And hey, on that note, um, (laughs) speaking of my friends' silent contempt, let's play (laughs) D&D. Uh, you all got arrested for your many magical crimes after uh, being in the Dwarven Kingdom for like mm, 30 minutes. Uh, you were brought to the palace and Selny went off with the king to bargain for your lives while uh, you all got time to catch up with that beloved minor side character from Arc 1, Swan Roxen. Uh, eventually, you were brought before the king, who was accompanied by one of the members of the Dwarven Council, Councilman Tarn, who also leads a shadowy facet of Dwarven society known as the Titacairn. You were summarily sentenced to imprisonment, and your beloved Swan Roxon was dragged off to the Titacairn, while you were stashed away in a dark, dank cell full of anti-magic iron. It is bleak, and it is nasty, and Fran, Corbin, and Mary, you are all crippled by the high amounts of cold iron surrounding the cell. Uh, you can't use magic, and you do have disadvantage on all skill checks until you escape. So, that's where you are now. First of all, I want to, like, put cloth between yeah. us and our manacles. Yeah, so you mm-hmm. can rip our... our Corbin. Silky capes and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we had those cool capes, goddamn. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so that makes you feel a bit better. Mary looks a little better, but you still do not feel good. No. You are just surrounded by a it cage is, of anti-magic iron. It's above and below. It's above, below, mm. around. You it's are completely Faraday surrounded. Cage. You are in a Faraday magic cage. Mm. I'm immediately seeing, like, we're like Rotel Dorado, Corvus yeah. the Horse. Right. <laughs> right, right. Obviously. Like, is this how you thought it would end? And Fran is like, Slick. Oh, are you Slake. all right, y'all? Slick, we're dying. Slick. Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. Uh, That's what you say to your friends who are fucking dying? I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. Is, is there anything I could do? Oh! It's like, come here, I need to suck out your life force. Come here, I'm gonna hold your hand. Do you, are you able to do that? I don't know. Well, yeah. I guess you could have a little. <laughs> and I, I go over and I hold Rand's hand. Corbin tries really hard to get Corbin some life force. Corbin seizes at you and hisses, but he's unable to move fully. Oh, Corbin. He kind of just thrashes on the ground. Oh, I hate to see you like this. <laughs> Mary, uh, Rolls over towards you, Slake, and and signs. Are your big beefy arms able to break metal? I mean, I I could give it a shot, but are we have to punch through the wall? But guys, <laughs> if we if we break out, do you think Selny was she planning something? I mean, does she expect us to stay here? 
Do we still have the psychic link? I would assume not until okay. not until we get the manacles uh, off. Yeah, your your psychic link was immediately <clears throat> severed by the manacles. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cat, is there like a guard watching us or anything? Or no? No, no. They've just locked you up down here. You know, trusting their their many uh, anti magic anti magic uh, accomplishments, and also that you are down in a very dark prison with several gates between you and freedom. I've used up my wild shapes, although I don't know, that might be, I guess that's magic. That's, that's magic. magic, maybe. Yeah, I mean, with the irons yeah. on, you can't do any magic, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, you can You can feel a little bit better with the cloth, you right, know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. with all of this iron around you, yeah, you yeah. are just, you're, you're uh, We're screwed. Stuck. We're you're stuck. screwed. Unless Slake can punch through the wall. Unless, Unless Slake can punch through I the mean, wall. I mean, I'll give it a shot, but do <laughs> do we want to wait for Selny or... Yeah. You know, I love strong Selny, but I feel like I don't trust any bitch in this place anymore. <laughs> Mary rolls over to, like, look at you, Corbin, so she can sign. Corbin, you've been captured so many times. Don't you have any plan? Mary, I love that you think I've ever had a plan. <laughs> That's really sweet. Oh, I just thought you've gotten out of so many, let me, so many jails. Let me meditate. Can I sleep? Yeah, yeah. You can Will sleep. that work? Can I? You can sleep. Perchance to dream. You can. You can sleep. You can perchance to dream. You can see what happens. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna sleep. I'm yeah, gonna sleep. I mean, you guys might as well sleep. Yeah, you might be able to yeah. see what's you could, going on. You could on actually. Can we regain spells? our spell slots? Yeah, let's yeah. do that. You can't use them right now, but you can regain them. Okay. Fucking, it's time to go to sleep for exactly eight hours. <laughs> and I want to try to reach out to Pavia. Okay. Roll wisdom. Do I have advantage or not? Obviously not advantage. No, I have you disadvantage. have disadvantage. Yes. Okay. You have disadvantage on this. It's like you have to stay awake. Keep watch. No spell slots for you. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I can. You're yeah, I'll take first watch. Back. I think you have some hit points you need to. Yeah, regain. you do. You you definitely got beat up by that. Well, uh, you jumping. know, my first roll was a four, so. Oh, let's see if you do worse than that. And my second roll was a six. Cool, 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 cool. Corbin, you have a dream in which you are staring at the ruins of a hungry boy. Oh God! And you're sifting through the rubble. No, 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 no. And you find a sandwich. <gasps> One perfect sandwich. Oh my god! And as you bring it to your mouth to take a bite, it turns into worms in your hands. I Ugh. eat the worms. And you take a bite of the worms and they're the best tasting yeah, worms you've ever <laughs> had. Oh, what a good dream. But then when you pull away and you look down at your delicious wormy sandwich, it's Fran's face. Ah! <laughs> Hello, Carmen! And then you wake up. We all float down here. <laughs> Corbin, are you all right? Oh, I had the worst dream that I've ever had in my life. Oh, my God, I was eating Fran's face, and I thought it was a warm sandwich. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) That does sound bad. (sighs) She tasted good. That was the worst part. (laughs) It was delicious. What the fuck? Fran, like, covers her own face and, like, glares at Corbin suspiciously. There, there, I say, and I tentatively pat Corbin. Oh, thanks, thanks, like oh Mary, Mary signs. Is that prophetic? I really hope it's not, Mary. I really don't want to eat Fran's face. Why would you even ask that, Mary? Mary, that was a little fucked up that you'd even ask. <laughs> Mary uh, rolls onto her stomach to sort of mime shrugging, and then signs. I don't know. I'm just looking for anything that's going to help us. Figure this out. You think that Corbin eating my face is gonna help? His me? dreams are normally prophetic. Maybe it's a metaphor. Could be a metaphor. A metaphor what? <laughs> you got it was me, a Fran. Joke made. I'm sorry. I was regaining my hit points just now. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Corbin. Okay. Well, uh, now you have rested. What's your next step? Um. Did I also rest? Yeah, you you all you yeah. all take shifts resting. Mm-hmm. Not that there needed to be a shift. Nobody comes down to check on you. So they took all of our stuff. You got nothing but the clothes on your back, baby. Okay, we got we do got clothes. Yeah, you're not naked. This is a this is a PG thirteen well sort of <laughs> podcast. <laughs> right, right. Also, your your seeming has definitely ended. If you that's, oh yeah, that's eight hours. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. 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 So you're all um we're all back we're to all human. Oh again. boy, okay, we still have our we're clothes. not all human again, Corbin. Well, I'm sorry, Slake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 
sorry. You're the only one who's human. You're the only human here. I'm sorry, everyone. So we have nothing. Selny has fucking abandoned us. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe she's still on her way. I'm going to do a perception check in the cell. Okay. I have disadvantage on that or? Do we still have disadvantage on everything even though we put cloths? Oh, you know what? You yeah. can't do any magic, but now that you've alleviated the, yeah. the direct contact, you feel uh, better enough yeah. that you uh, you we can do not perceive. have advantage. Or don't have disadvantage. Ooh. I did good. I did you have normal. Good. Normal dice. Normal. The dice of the normies. Normie. Mm. <laughs> I got 21, 22. Sorry. 22. Yeah. All right, Corbin, as you writhe around on the ground. Yeah, I do. You see a part of the floor. It's behind some of the stalagmites, uh, but it looks like it's been... Repaired. I crawl over there. I pick at it with my little fingers. Did you find something, Corbin? <gasps> <laughs> as you as you pick on it with your fingers, you feel that what it is is it's there was a looks like maybe there was a hole in the floor that was repaired, but the repair happened from below the floor. So as you pick at the stones, you can feel that they're loose. That maybe like if with enough force you could push them in. Slake, Slake, come punch the floor. Uh, oh, all right. Cat, are there <laughs> bars on the floor or no? Not on this part. Uh, not on this weird little repaired section behind the slagmite. That's incredibly weird, but all right. Yes, I will go ahead and start punching the floor. All right, do a strength check for me. Okay, it's a 16. 16, all right. Uh, Slake, you punch the floor. It hurts your fist. <laughs> um, but... The stones underneath this, in this repaired section, fall away easily. Oh, wow. Corbin, great find. Thank you. Oh, man. Fran, Fran crawls over there. Uh, it is just wide enough for you guys to fit through. Though, Slake, it is a very tight squeeze for you. Oh, yeah. Corbin slithers. Corbin, do you slither head first or feet first? <laughs> I wish I could say feet first. I wish I could say that. I don't. I slither head first. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so and first, first, and first, first, first. Yeah. You just you just dive in like a snake, like a snake, like a snake. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed by the rest of you. I assume Slake, you're last. Yeah, to, yeah. To get helped. Yeah, you guys do have to like pull on Slake's legs as they come down. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just to to help them squeeze through this narrow little crack. And you are now in a very dark little cavern. It is, Slake, you are not able to stand up straight. Fran, it just barely, like, grazes the top of your head. Corbin, you you do have to duck your head a little bit. Mary is cramped, but she's able to stand up straight. And as you are getting your bearings as much as you can in this pitch darkness, you hear the sound of a match being struck. And a golden light blooms at the end of this room. And Selene is just hanging out there. She's got like a lunch <laughs> pail um, with like a half-eaten God. sandwich. She's sitting in a chair. She's got, she's got a magazine. <laughs> oh my gosh. She has your magazine. She looks at you guys and smirks. And she's like, wow, that took you nine hours. We had to sleep. Yeah, we needed a long rest. We're so happy to see you. Jeez. Anna, <laughs> come on. Come here. Let me get those manacles off you. <gasps> oh, your majesty. Yes. yes. Don't call me your majesty. I'm not a royal. You're royalty to us. You are majestic. She deftly unclasps the manacles from your wrists and puts them into a, a satchel that she has. She also tosses the uh, the bag of holding over to Fran and uh, Corbin's stick and all of, you know, oh, Slake stuff. God. You guys oh get all your stuff. Oh, thank God. Phew. Don't name the gods down here. I, I didn't. I, I just... Thank you, Mary. So once you guys are all equipped and you have your uh, manacles off, you still don't feel great because, I mean... That cell is still right above you. Mm-hmm. You feel quite a bit better. Mary um, looks like she is not a corpse anymore. Phew. So, Selene picks up her lantern and says, come on, let's get out of here. She leads you down a tunnel. Uh, yes, your majesty. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to I cast Seeming again. Okay. Uh, we got to get Dwarfy. Yeah, you're, you're right. right. You're right. You're so right. You're right. Yeah. And maybe we should have Pass Without Trace, too. Yes, I cast Pass Without Trace mm. on us. And Cat. 
just for posterity, we do still have to use two spell slots. You sure do. As long as you are in the Dwarven Kingdom, you will have to use two spell slots. Got it. So, as you're walking, Selene says, Oh, being down here. Reminds me of good times. I escaped from that cell. Mm. Oh, what was that? A few years ago? What? Explain. You're so (laughs) cool and mysterious. (laughs) It was before I married the king. I was already smuggling before that. He caught me and threw me down here. I escaped. So a meat cute. <laughs> I don't like him just because I'm married to him. You surfacers have such a weird concept of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it, it is strange. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, after I escaped, I convinced him to marry me with an oath binding me to control the kingdom's smugglers. It's better than running in a cell or being a fugitive. So just make sure nothing dangerous got into the city. They only have this one cell outfitted with cold iron, so I knew you'd get thrown in here, and if if you didn't figure it out, I'd probably probably help you. I don't know, still thinking about it. (laughs) Strong Selby, you were waiting down there with a box lunch and a magazine. You were gonna help us? I was thinking about you it. Were Stanley, get it. You're gonna Stanley, get, you're gonna, gonna get, get us. us. And and I assume Fran and Corbin are both like a little poking her little Yeah, arms. we're like waggling. I'm, <laughs> sm- I'm smiling knowingly. She looks back and she does a double take as she did not see you uh, seem yourselves into dwarves again. <laughs> <laughs> and she, uh, she sort of squirms away from you guys. Don't touch me with your magic hands. <laughs> Only kind of hands I got. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> she... Shoulders open a section of the rock, and it uh, opens up into a back alley, which she ushers you out into. There. Freedom. You're welcome. Thank you very much. I have another question for you. What happened to Swan Rocks? <laughs> oh, Taren's got his claws into him. Took him down to the Titacairn. Titacairn? Taren? Coincidence. <laughs> You're Council- so right. Councilman Taren has overseen the Titacairn for the last, I don't know, 40 years. What is the Titacairn? Selene looks at you guys and she looks like she really doesn't want to tell you this. And then finally she sighs and she goes, okay. Ugh. All right. If you're going to help, you got to know things. I want you to know this is very hard for me. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, you so much, strong Selene. You're so strong you're and brave and strong. also very beautiful. Oh, my God. Lay off. Hot as hell. Lay off. Lay off. I hate (laughs) all of that. I show her my magic hands and I put them meaningfully behind my back. Thank you. Corbin does the same. The Titacairn is a research institute of a kind. Sounds bad. They are responsible for most of the technological advancements that have built this city. The cart system, the mushrooms that provide light, they... They've developed all of it over the years. No one quite knows what they're doing down oh, there. They're using oh. Magic. oh, they're using magic and human sacrifice. Well, they've certainly been churning out more in the last 30 years or so. So Torva! Oh, they're human sacrificing. I'm sorry, they're dwarf sacrificing. Torva! I don't know exactly what goes on down there, and frankly... They're creepy enough that I've never wanted to ask. Well, we're about to find out. That's yeah, where our little feet need to go. We gotta get Swan out of there. I wish that you wouldn't say things like that, Fran. I've talked to you about this I don't know how many times. My little feet need I to. just wish that you wouldn't. Scurry like a little rat. Oh, you know that I am the only rat who will be doing any scurrying. All right, now I need, I need all four of you to promise me something. And Selene looks at you very solemnly. We are going to get a cart, and you are all going to keep all limbs inside it at all times. I didn't think it needed to be said the first time, but now I realize. <laughs> now, but Sony, what if we see somebody on all the street and limbs, they're really hot? All limbs inside the cart. Got it? Fran Fran has a really smug look on her face, just like a little teacher's pet, and she's like, "Yes, yeah, strong Selmy." <laughs> Fran, I don't. You can fucking Mary. I, I caused a huge disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, Fran threw yeah, an ice right. spear into thirty-five W. <laughs> so strong Selmy looks at you, and then uh, Mary Mary signs to you, uh, Corbin. It's okay. You can hold my hand the whole time. Thanks, Mary. Aww. And then she looks at Slag and says, you should too. 
<laughs> I'm on it, Mary. Oh, okay. Hello, dear listener. Hello. It is the first day of the rest of November. I hope you had a spooky and safe Halloween, but now it is the start of the gift buying season. And I'm here to remind you that gift giving, uh, it is a competition. Um, and I'm here to remind all my friends and family that I will win. Um, and I'm here to remind you that, um, the best gift, uh, for us is a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast show of your choice that accepts reviews. Um, and the other best gift is to support our Patreon. We uh, recently expanded our $5 tier to start uh, doing a series called Dames Try Games, where uh, we are doing smaller indie games and one-shots. Uh, our two-part recording of The Quiet Year is, I believe, up now, or it will be up soon. Um, either way, it's it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had lots of Space pirates and sporbs and acid whales, if I recall. It was, uh, it was super, super fun. So go check that out. Um, and I do want to thank our new Patreon, uh, Patreon patrons, pa- Patreoninos, Patreinos, uh, Chris McGowan, Benji J, Lungless, and Seth Scott. Thank you all so much. Um, you are the wind beneath my wings. I think I've said that before, but it's true. Um, and hey, do you know what the best gift for other people is? People who aren't me and my friends who I do a podcast with? Um, it is gifts for, from our store. Uh, we, we do, we have a fantastic store. We have mugs, we have beanies, prints, uh, shirts, stickers, and the opportunity to make me say absolutely batshit insane things. Like this. Uh, this message is from Rowan. It is for Rowan. It says, Hello, future Rowan. This is a message from past Rowan. Ooh. Listen to the voice of a cool dame or dragon. Say some of your favorite things. Pee-pee, poo-poo, ligma, D's nuts. I'm proud of you. 69420. Kobe, the Vineway. I don't know what the Vineway is. You are loved and appreciated. Mommy Milkers, Girl Boss, Gaslight Gatekeep, Mansplain, Manipulate Male Wife, Yee Yee, The Cowboy Way. I don't know what the cowboy way is. You are loved and appreciated. Broskis. Varric should be romanceable in Dragon Age 2. That's correct. Arrest Tom Brady. No reason necessary. Arrest Noel for writing Rainbow. Makes me cry every time. Future me. I hope you're doing better than I am, and that the days keep coming, and they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming, and they don't stop. My ADHD stream of consciousness is crumbling. Love you the most, bestie. Pastro, peace out. Also, you're a good dungeon mommy. Stop freaking out all the time. So thanks, Rowan, for purchasing that message. I hope that healed you. And now for a message to Chantel. Chantel, the code word is friendly DM. The sleeper agent is active. Go. All right. So, uh, Selny takes you all back to uh, another branch of Esudel Rent-A-Cart and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully her record can't be amended this this quickly. This quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. different location, right? Ooh. <laughs> it's a different location and uh she's as the uh so there's a clerk and they're they're flipping through this book and Selny puts a hand on top of the book and then lifts it up and you see just a couple coins sort of mm-hmm. slide into the crack mm-hmm. of the book. The clerk tips the book up and sort of taps it a couple of times. And uh, when they put it down, those coins are gone, and they say, all right, right this way. And they uh, they lead you to a cart, and uh, they give you some, some more goggles. These ones are significantly less damp. And uh, Selny takes her pair out as she, she carries a pair with her and gets into the driver's seat. How are you guys going to arrange yourselves this time? Who's, who's kicking in the front seat, kicking in the back seat? 
Gotta make your minds up. Which seat will you take? Um, you love it. Corbin. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we love it, cat. <laughs> we love it, cat. Corbin sits. Corbin sits next to Strong Selmy in the front. <gasps> oh my god, Fran, do you take that standing up? Oh, uh, <laughs> how yeah. many? How many seats? Is it like? Is it? It's a car. It's it's a normal it's a car. car. Okay, it's a sedan. So, but there's three. So we have Mary and me and Fran. Yeah, we so all sit in the back seat. Yeah. In the middle. Um, yeah. I sit directly behind Corbin. I'm kicking his seat the entire time. Corbin is launching himself back against the seat to hit your feet. You go ahead and try, and he does. Strength contest. Oh my God, <laughs> not with Fran. Cat. Yeah. You have to do this, to Fran. buddy. I rolled a ten, so I got a nine. <laughs> well, I rolled a nine, so I got more than that. An eleven? No, how can I roll better than you? Yes. Do so much worse. <laughs> I hate this. I've won. Yes, Fran, you are. Corbin defeated. slams the seat back so hard that Fran's knees slam into her face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my she god, is, she is dazed. Fran, are you okay? Corbin, uh. Corbin looks back at you, and he looks like that that cat that has the knives pointed at it. <laughs> little shithead. Uh, Fran, Fran, in her state, it rolled up in a little ball, tries to kick you in the head. Uh, Selmy, Selmy turns. Selmy turns. I miss. Selmy turns sharply to both of you and says, "You can walk if you don't stop." Corbin sits very straight in his Same. seat. <laughs> Magic teens. How the fuck did I end up with this situation? <laughs> and uh, Selmy pulls out of the carport at Estadil Rent a Car and uh, McDonald's. <laughs> so true. So as you're driving, Selmy explains if we're going to get down to the Tidecairn, it's not an easy descent. They're at the very lowest level with the rest of the industrial district, so we'll have to go down through the red tier. When we're down there, don't touch anything. Do you got it? Don't touch anything. Don't talk to anyone. Don't look at anyone. Corbin puts his hands on his boob window. (laughs) I look nervously at Corbin and Fran. (laughs) (laughs) Fran turns to like, what are you looking at me for? Corbin, I, I mouth the word bones. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time you do that, Corbin also turns around and says bones. Fran is confused because it seems like Slake's mouth or Slake's voice just came out of Corbin's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so as uh, you guys go through, you uh, swerve around the large spear of ice in the middle of 35W. Still gonna clean that up. Uh, yeah, it's been like. 30 minutes already. It's been ni- oh, nine hours. <laughs> nine hours. Oh my god, you're right. It's been nine hours. <laughs> I'm a very powerful mage. Selny, look, sorry, glances at it as it passes. Eh, no one wants to touch it. You know, it's magic shit. It'll oh, melt. I snap my fingers, it disappears. Ah! <laughs> Everyone freaks out. And Selny uh, reaches back to you, Fran, and she slaps your hand. <laughs> I didn't think I had to fucking say stop doing magic. <laughs> I was undoing magic. Yeah. I thought you'd be happy. Yeah, guess who now knows that somebody who can do magic is out of their prison cell? You way to go, Fran. <laughs> Maybe the time just ran out. It could not be me. Oh, jeez. They're going to check. They're going to know. Well, they would have figured it out sooner than later anyway. All right. And uh, you go through the tunnel that is uh, outlined in red, and uh, you go down another very sharp drop and accelerate like a like a space mountain. You know, you just plunge into the darkness. As you level out, you see the red bathed red tear, obviously aptly named. And Selny explains this a bit that this is the pleasure district of Estadel. Right. The uh, red light district. Oh. Yes. As your cart 
slides down into this tier of the city. There are no arching, beautiful ceilings with bioluminescent mushrooms here. It is as though the streets of Nakama have been crammed down into a hot, dark tunnel with just enough room for Slyke to stand, though you will need to be careful of the many signs which hang low on the ceiling, painted with garish caricatures of the attractions they point to. There are casinos, bars, nightclubs, pit fights, and more. Stores with bars on the windows and sparkling goods on display line this main thoroughfare. There are street vendors selling pamphlets for a copper bit. Everything is bathed in a red glow which emanates from geometric designs inlaid in the ceiling. When you get close enough, you can feel the heat radiating off of these designs. All right. Sally uh, brings the cart into a parked position along with a bunch of other carts. Tracks don't run down here, so we're on foot from here on out. Can I do a pit fight? Sally looks at you. <laughs> <laughs> like, she looks you up and down and goes, <laughs> It sounds fun. Maybe later, Corbin. <laughs> okay, all right. Look, I've got a... I got an errand to do while we're here, so... Are you going to do a pit fight? Pit fight! I'm not going to do a pit fight. I thought you'd be really good at it. Yeah. Oh, am I going to have to fight you in the pit? I don't know that I can do that. <laughs> I might have to back out of the pit fight. Do they allow <laughs> that? Can, can I back out once I've entered? Uh, as you're you're standing there, you see, not very far from you, there is a one of the dwarves who's selling pamphlets is uh, shouting loudly as a group uh, who was ahead of you in parking hurries past him. And then I'm going to say Slake. He makes eye contact with you. And of course, because Slake is like, oh, a solicitor? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got eyes for the, for the weak, the weak will. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I just think that Slake's the one who uh, would not walk away from a solicitor. Yeah, that's true. You never know. Maybe he's trying to get you to sign up to donate to Greenpeace. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to be polite. Maybe he wants you to be in the pit. <laughs> get in the pit. Get in the pit. <laughs> get in the pit, Slake. All right, so uh, this solicitor... He comes up to you and he's got a, a pile of pamphlets that are, you can see, are slightly damp, like his hands are really sweaty. And he goes, bit, a bit for a bit for a pamphlet. Can, uh, I, can I interest you? Can I interest you in some literature? I, uh, can I tell you the good, the good word, the good word. We don't have any money. <laughs> I only know bad words. You, you gotta, you gotta buy it. We're, you gotta pu- buy we're a pamphlet. pulling slate. You gotta, you gotta buy a pamphlet. Uh, we're, we're really busy right now. I'm sorry. Come on, just a bit. Just a bit for a pamphlet. It'll tell you all about the good word. The good war, word of our Lord Torva. Ooh. Oh, uh, I, I just remembered that we have this thing we have to get to. I would like a pamphlet. Yeah, give me a pamphlet. <laughs> and he uh, he gives you, his hands are really Well, we don't have any money. <laughs> and he hands you a pamphlet. And Sally looks at you both and goes, Corbin takes the pamphlet and rips it in half and says, no. can I have another one? We need to read it, Corbin. <laughs> can I have one more? We, the guy goes, oh, all right, all right, uh, that's that's going to be three copper bits. It's going to be three copper bits for me, for me, your old pal. He takes huh? the pamphlet huh? and he rips it in half. Oh. <laughs> and uh, he <laughs> looks at <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what's going on with my hands. Can I get one more? And, uh, I step in front of Corbin, <laughs> between Corbin and this man. And I say, I'm so sorry about my friend. Here's... He loves to conquer paper, so I I, I, I understand. It's it's you, see, you just need to know that you just need to know that, that Lord Torva, he's you know, he only needs he only needs us. He only needs us because the gods need to play you know, they need to use us. They they need to use us as as, as pieces on their board. You see, it's, it says all about it here in the, in this pamphlet. In this pamphlet, it'll tell you all about it. How much for all the pamphlets? Oh I uh, I, I, he, he starts counting them, but he, you can see he's losing count as he's, oh my God. He, he keeps trying to count. And, and um, Selny steps in and she hands him a silver piece and goes, well, this do. And uh, the guy looks, he just, his eyes get so big and he takes the silver piece and just drops all the pamphlets. <laughs> Corbin hands one of the pamphlets to Fran and begins to shred the rest. Yes. Selny, <laughs> <laughs> she looks at him and she goes, when was the last time you got your fix, kid? And the, the kid looks around and goes, "I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I just, you know, I just, I just needed, I just needed some money. That's all. I just needed, I just needed the money." Suddenly goes, "All right, kid. All right, calm down. You got your silver. So, uh, tell me, where are you getting your spores these days?" Spores. Spores. And uh, suddenly, like, sh- she shoves you guys away. <laughs> so, 
read the pamphlet. <laughs> I start reading the pamphlet, but my eyes are looking yeah. over. I'm like the tearing tab. the pamphlets down, but I'm like looking up. <laughs> so you don't read them. Uh, Fran, the pamphlet is very similar to all of the other Torva literature you've collected. It's, mm. you know, basically says... If you help Lord Torva take back the reins of destiny, bring the forces to heal, only then will we be free from the machinations of the gods. But this has a little more dwarven flair on it, a sure. lot more anti-god. A lot more anti-god. Is there any kind of information about like a meeting place or like a resource they're trying to gather or anything else? It says that uh, if you if you want to know more, come to the meetings in the industrial quarters. Okay. Um, it, it names and an time and a place where there will be a meeting. Okay. The same bullshit he's been feeding everywhere, but with a very, like, you know, dwarven-centric spin on it. Like, you know, the dwarves will finally be able to return to the surface and live wherever they want. That is actually the main thrust of the pamphlet, is that the dwarves will be able, they will no longer have to live underground. They will be able to return to the surface. They can oh. live wherever they want. Once, I didn't know they wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that was a thing. That's, that's good to know. So after a, after a few minutes, suddenly... Pats the man on the shoulder and watches him walk away. And then she turns back to you guys and goes, come on, we're following him. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, hell yeah. Sally, Sally, I have a question. In this in this pamphlet, it says that the dwarves want to live on the surface. I, Why, why can't they? <sighs> That's... Uh... All right, all right. I am not a... Pro- I don't teach political science, so... Here's the high-level overview of what's going on here. Okay. Basically, there's a contingent of dwarves who think that they are being oppressed by the fact that they can't leave the underground. And, you know, maybe they're right. We're, it's a big taboo. If you want to live anywhere else besides Rudval, it's... You're basically not allowed back in um, if you if you move beyond that one port. So they have a point, but there's a good reason for it. We don't interact with the surface because she gestures broadly to, to us. Well, to you, but <laughs> no, she actually she gestures broadly to the society to to Acidal, and she says, "This is what we've been able to build by not." being on the surface by not interacting with the gods whenever there's a flood or a fire or a plague it doesn't touch us we can keep building we can keep innovating we can make a city like this i've seen the surface cities they're shit (laughs) they're ruins built on ruins there's no innovation there's they can't survive long enough to innovate and we can down here so the dwarves haven't been affected by any of the apocalypses. Not since we moved down here and shut our doors to outsiders. That's oh. why we stay underground. But there are some legitimate rumblings. It's I'm not I gonna mean, pretend. Sorry, we're, wait, you we, know, you know, connecting that to the end of the gods that does make sense. It does, but also, are they forgetting that like literally the apocalypses were because of Torva? Not all of them. Uh, yeah, no, we've. We've had a lot of other there's, gods. There's mo- Torva just caused the last one, basically, right? Uh, I mean, actually, it was two apocalypses ago. <laughs> oh, Torva was two apocalypses yeah, ago. Yeah, he was two apocalypses ago. He was okay. the one, well, the one that we would be more familiar with. Yeah, so many fucking Astra. apocalypses down here. What the God. fuck is going on <laughs> Yeah, it's, with it's you guys. a problem. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, because remember, the last one was a flood that was caused by the god Bruva oh, yeah. having oh, his, like, yeah, crying yeah. jag. Um, because he accidentally <laughs> killed his, his, lo- his sister lover, you know. It's like, get yeah. over it. Yeah, yeah, just get over Honestly. it. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Torva was involved in that, to be fair. He was involved, but he didn't cause it. Yeah. Basically, every god has at some point been tangentially related in an apocalypse. Hmm. That's just, I mean, that's just the way that they operate. They, that is- they play a game that is so far removed from, you know, mortals. Mm-hmm. They are thinking centuries ahead, and the sacrifice of a city or a continent means nothing to them, because in a hundred years, it'll all be back, and that's a blink in the eye, so. Okay, well. I mean, I also did want to kill the gods at one point, but that includes Torva. Salni Torva is first. Torva is the first god. Anyway, I'm not going to say we have a perfect utopia down here. I get why people are angry. I mean, she gestures... A little more specifically to the area that you are in. 
which is hot and dirty and cramped. Yeah. And she says, so that is why I broke you out because, well, my husband, the king, isn't doing anything about it. We've got a civil war brewing between the people who want to help this shithead god and the rest of us who realize that's a terrible idea. And he's take trying to play both sides, which we can't do. Anyway, I won't get much more into it, but that's the high-level overview. Thank you for attending Selny's lecture on politics of Esadel 101. There will be no questions and no quizzes. <laughs> Thank you, Selny. That was very informative. That was really nice. When, uh, is there a second course next semester that I can take with you? <laughs> no. Okay. Anyway, come on. We got to follow that guy. And uh, by this time, this weird little man, he's gotten to the corner. And I'm going to have you all roll stealth checks. I think you've all still got Pastor Without a Trace on, though. So you're doing well. Actually, I have to roll two because I got one. Roll one for Selny. Mary rolled a natural 20 for once. Holy shit, Mary. Selny rolled a two, but she has a crazy amount of bonus on stealth because she is a rogue. So yeah, Selny's fine. You're all fine. Cool. I mean, I, I don't know. We didn't say I got, what our yeah, roles were. I mean, were. I yeah. was fine, though. I got 17. Yeah, you got 17? I got 16. 16? 21. 21. All right, you're all fine. You're all sneaky sneaking after this guy as he slinks through the streets. Uh, you pass by lots of shady shopkeeps, and uh, there is a, a vendor sell- selling a uh, some sort of wrapped meat that smells really good. Corbin drifts towards the wind. Carried by scent waves. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like a pie upon a windowsill. Yes. You drift away from the group and towards the meat? Yes. And uh, Corbin approaches the man and says, Dear sir, may I have this meat? What the fuck? One silver. Corbin gives the man a silver. So yeah, yeah, the man, yeah, he hands you, it is, uh, it looks like a skewered rat type thing wrapped in a pita with like a a yogurt drizzle on it oh and some like fermented vegetables like some pickles oh corbin dives in he turns around are is anyone still there no corbin you are alone (laughs) we were also stealthy we didn't notice you You didn't (laughs) corbin stealthed his way to the rat meat corbin we will get back to you later okay (laughs) the rest of you follow this squirrely little man into a I mean it's a little silly to say it's a basement bar when you're underground but it is below street level Mm. and uh, you find yourselves in a dark dingy room with a pit in the center where two dwarves are brawling they're shirtless their muscles are rippling their beards are flowing their sweat and blood is being spattered against the walls one of them, she raises both her fists like over her her head and brings them down on the back of the other guy's neck and then like, kicks him to the side and he rolls to the to the side of the ring and everybody in the crowd that's around this this pit fight starts just screaming either in joy or in agony as money is passed between them. Selny puts a hand out to stop you guys and then she looks and she like counts one, two, three, and she goes, <laughs> Who is he, is he the one who should have a leash? Oh, we didn't put on his leash like we forgot. Oh. <laughs> Corbin. So sad I missed out of the pit. What's going on? Or did I, cat? Or did I? Corbin, you're, you're standing on a street corner eating your rat. Yeah, I'm eating my rat. Eating your rat. I'm living. And a, uh, a woman comes up to you and she's wearing like a you know, a leather bodice and she's got like this uh, short trimmed black beard. She says, hey, you want to make some money? Doing what? I don't know. You want to make some money? You answer my question first. How much money do I have? You have money. You how have much? Money. How much money? Depends on how good you do. <laughs> I got money. You tell me what you want me to do. If it's getting a pit, I'm already there. <laughs> and uh, she looks you up and down and says, well, if that's what you want to do, uh, you'll let me into the pit. I wanted to see if you'd join the host club, but if you'd rather be in the pit, then I can arrange that. <laughs> Wait, what's the host club? Wait, what's the host club? <laughs> a 
you know, sit down with wealthy patrons, entertain them, tell them stories, sing them songs. You look like you, you know, you got the right look for it. I don't think I'd be good at that. I want to go in the pit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, always need someone for little Papa to kick around. Little Papa. Yeah, come on. I hate it when she calls me little Papa. (laughs) As soon as you said I hate it, I knew exactly what you were going to fucking say. Corbin uh, jogs uh, delightfully after this. All right, uh, we'll get back to that in a minute. So the rest of you, suddenly sighs and goes, all right, well, we'll find him in a minute. Right now, I got to keep an eye on that guy and see where he goes. You three, stay out of trouble. And she disappears into the crowd. And we're just in this like bar now. Yeah, yeah. You and you guys are in this bar. There's a pit fight happening. There's a there is a uh, you know bar with people getting drinks. There's some tables. There is a uh, a man in the corner with a like a table set up and some objects out on it. Fran grabs Slake and Mary's hands. Yeah. She's afraid. <laughs> Mary is also like she grabs your your forearm. Fran, like she's she's like I don't. I feel like. Blake, Blake, what are we supposed to do? Mary, Mary looks at you saying those signs. I was raised very sheltered. I mean, I didn't get to go outside for a long time. I I don't know what to do in a place like this. Cat, uh, I where do I see like the strongest person in this bar? You see a person who is taller than average for a dwarf. Uh-huh. And they are they're wrapped up in some some really thick like wrappings and that makes them look like they're tall and they're big. Mm-hmm. So that's that's who you see. Okay. I elbow Slake and I say, We gotta go rough that guy up. <laughs> what? <laughs> Friend I'm sure that everyone here is is really friendly. We you know, we don't know them. Not yet. us. Not us, Slake. <laughs> I don't think we should start a bar fight. Mary signs, Fran, do you think you could do you think you could beat them up? I, hey guys, why don't we look over <laughs> at the uh, that guy over there with the tables, objects? Maybe maybe he's got some fun things. Mary, if we work together, we can do anything. <laughs> I grab both your hands and I drag you over to the table with the guy who has the things on the table, and I say, "Hi, friendo, how's it going?" <laughs> and the guy looks you up and down and goes, "Well, hail, travelers." No. See one of the uh, one of the objects on that table is a gold tip jar with a embossed man leading a donkey on it. What the fuck are you doing here? And he looks and goes, "Me? Where? This is my shop. I mean, in this corner of this bar is my shop for now, anyway." The, here's the interesting thing: this man does not look like Dawson. This man looks like a dwarven version of Dawson. Yeah. Mm. So, mm. okay. Cat, yeah. what are the? I would like to perceive the objects on the table. They do not look like they are necessarily magical. Like you're not getting any magical vibes off of them. I'll tell you that for free. Okay. Um, if you wanted, I suppose this wouldn't be the place yeah. to sell magical. Yeah. Things. Oh, duh. Yeah. So seriously, Dawson, why are you here? <laughs> Me, Dawson? I don't. Well, you could say that's my name, but down here, my name is Daniel. That's great. Uh, Daniel, why the fuck are you here? Because there are trades to be made, deals to be done. You know, it's funny you should say that we could say that that's your name, because we sure could say that, couldn't we? But I'm not Dawson. I'm just a little piece of him that he imprinted onto this dwarf so that he could operate down here and spread the good word of deals and bargains. That's the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh my god, what happened to the dwarf? What did you do to the real Daniel? (laughs) He consented to it. I'm not a monster, not like Torva. That's debatable. Tell me something only Daniel would know. (laughs) (laughs) That he loves his cat. Her name is Mitten. And have you been taking care of her? I... Of course I take care of mittens. I also love mittens because I am still Daniel. I'm just also Dawson. I didn't know you were capable of love. <laughs> I love mittens so and I love one. Delilah. And I love money. And I love deals. So, what brings you all down here? I didn't expect to see you all gussied up like 
That. I love the beards, by the way. <laughs> Our normal stuff, Dawson. Don't even ask. Yeah, it's none of your business. <laughs> Daniel, please. Oh, my God. I ask you to call me Dawson all the time, and then I come down to this place where Dawson's not allowed, and I tell you my name's Daniel, and you keep saying the wrong name. It's very rude. <laughs> We've called you Daniel enough times to make up for it, I think. Anyway, are you selling anything useful to us or no? I am purveying these fine dwarven inventions. They're not magical. Magic's not allowed here. And he, he waves his finger at you, Fran, in particular, and then he points Why? to Mary. What? I, I haven't done any magic since I've been here. <laughs> I'm just looking at Dawson's Why? finger with a look of hatred. <laughs> and he's like... But Daniel has a supplier from the Titacairn who is a bit loose with some of their prototypes. And oh, you do, huh? I do. Who is the supplier? Give us their name. I won't reveal my contacts, but if you would like Dawson. any of these cutting-edge items fresh from the Titacairn, haven't even hit the market Dawson, yet. we can ruin your whole shit. Mary's right here. <laughs> and we have a pact of non-aggression, don't we? Yeah, from us. If anybody happens to find out that you are who you say you aren't. Yeah, well then, I suppose I'll just abandon Daniel to his fate. No, Daniel. You're sick. <laughs> you have a sickness inside you. And mittens. <laughs> who would take care of mittens? No one. Mittens would die a lonely death in her apartment. <laughs> You're a sociopath. <laughs> I hate you so much. I don't think those sort of words apply to me anymore. Ugh. What do we have to give you? Money. Okay, to for you to tell us about your contact and how to get in. Oh, to the Titacairn? Oh, sh- We like to loosen up the Acairn. <laughs> I can't get into the Titacairn. My contact just brings me samples from their labs. I can't get in there. I don't have anything to offer you except for these fine goods. <sighs> Dawson, I swear. And uh, as you are you are debating with Dawson and Selny is off doing what she can do, uh, you hear an announcement from the pit. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you hear, we have a new challenger. Come uh, to fight the champion. Not this. What name did you give, Corbin? Ooh! It's a strong name. Strong name for a cool, strong cool, guy strong who fights name. and uh, bleeds and stuff. Mm. Bofa, 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 Bofa. My name is Bofa. All right. Oh God. Welcome to the Rock Cruncher Ring, Bofa. <laughs> and Bofa is here to fight your favorite little guy, Ligma. your special little fella, Little Papa! <laughs> and uh, Fran and Slake, you rush over to the ring to see <laughs> Corbin, all dwarfed up, swaggering out from the cage door here at in the bottom of the pit. And then from the side of the pit, a dwarf, he's got a, a big bushy black beard. He's shaved bald and his head is like tattooed with, uh, you know, dwarven geometric designs. He's big. He's a very big dwarf. He's like 5'3". Oh, fuck, that's taller than me. That's tall as me. <laughs> shit. He is built like a brick shit house, and his beard has been dyed a bright noxious orange. He's tattooed all over his body, with the most prominent being the words Lil Papa, <laughs> spelled out in uh, black block letters across his chest. Is little spelled L-I-D-D-L-E? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> and he's also, he's got a pair of brass knuckles, which he slides onto his, his hands. Oh, we're allowed to have weapons? He's allowed to have weapons. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's Lil Papa. Uh, and the, the knuckles are, they're engraved with the words Papa home. Oh my god. And the, and the spacing is must be difficult on that because Papa's has five letters and Yeah, well it's Papa's home with an exclamation exclamation point. An, oh. He has an extra finger. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That does make sense. <laughs> yep, yep. Um so yeah, he's got Papa's home on his brass knuckles. Oh, on his six fingered hands. Yep. And uh, he bangs them together. <laughs> as he <laughs> 
and uh, as he approaches you, uh, Corbin blushes. Corbin. <laughs> Fran Fran turns to Mary in absolute confusion and says, "Bofa." <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Mary shakes her head and signs. I feel like I'm going to need to heal Corbin a lot after this. Is so, oh sorry oh no 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 keep going um, I was just gonna ask what it was and you said this is <laughs> <laughs> what is it. Uh-